Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Capital Hacking. This is the most important thing you can listen to today. On today's episode of Capital Hacking. But, you know, we fail our way to success, right, Josh? I mean, I got to meet the billionaire owner of Spanx, Sarah Blakely, yep. you know, the women's undergarments. She's impressive, right? yeah. Oh, she's cool. And a uh, cool woman. Started with $5,000, and now she's she was in Forbes. She's oh, net, yeah. worth, net worth over a billion. But she told me that... Her dad used to ask her and her brother once a week, what have we, what have you failed at this week? And I thought, what an awesome freaking question to ask your kids so they don't fear failure, you know? So That's if you're listening, if, you, if you're listening and you're afraid of failure, I'm going to tell you fear being in the same place you are right now, a year from now, unless you absolutely freaking love where you are right now. Rod Khalif, welcome back to the big show, Capital Hacking. It is great to have you here, my friend. Uh, it's good to be here, brother. I appreciate you having me. Let's have some fun today. For the listeners who didn't pick up the first episode we did together, would you mind reminding them about who you are, where you sure. live, and what you do, brother? Sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll be real brief. So I'm a multifamily real estate investor, but I'm an immigrant. Immigrated to this country when I was six with my brother, Albert, my mother's Vancha. Really struggled growing up. Wore clothes in the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I finally got a job and bought my own clothes. My mom was the entrepreneur. She actually babysat kids so we'd have enough money with her babysitting money. Invested in the stock market successfully and also invested in real estate. And so her first real estate acquisition was the house right across the street from us when I was 14. And then when I was 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep on it. And I'm like, what? You made 20 grand. You didn't do anything. This is back when 20 grand was a lot of money. And I said, screw college. I'm getting into real estate. So I went and got into real estate. And fast forward to today, I've owned a couple thousand houses that I've rented long term. I own thousands of apartment units. I've built 27 businesses. And in 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And you might, and you might say, wow. And I said, wow. And I got a head so big, I could barely fit it through a door. I thought I was a freaking real estate god. And you know, when that happens, God will give you a nice little reckoning. Well, that was 2008. I lost that 17 million, a lot more. I lost $50 million in 2008. And so what I'm known for on my podcast and, you know, and my, and when I teach, is really around mindset, you know, the mindset it took to have 50 million to lose in the first place, and then the mindset it took to recover. But I think we're going to talk about something else today. We're going to talk about the state of things out there. You said you want to talk about I'm excited about that. Yeah, Yeah, the state of the union, or let's let's talk about the state of the economy, the markets, and investing. And those of us who are listening today, what we really enjoy, Rod, is your passion. I I watch you on social media and your your passion for teaching. Now, you do teach. Let's talk about the framing here today. So you're you're an active investor yourself, but you've frame your teaching around active or passive investing and both. what is it like? Both, both. No, I, I teach both. You know, I do boot camps regularly. I've actually have one on October 15th and 16th, but that'll, well, that'll probably have passed by the time this airs. But I do them every quarter. Yeah, I don't sell anything in my boot camps. And, and by the way, if you're listening to this and that has passed and, and you, you're interested, if you DM me on any social channel, you let me know you heard, it, heard me on Josh's channel, you can come for ni- 97 bucks and I don't sell anything there. So it's kind of a no brainer. If you're interested learning this. And the reason I bring that up is even if you're going to invest passively, why would you give your hard-earned money to someone 
if you didn't have some basic understanding of what it was. And so, you know, that's why a lot of the people come to my boot camp just to learn the business well enough to invest passively and not lose their money. And so I will tell you, I think the last couple of years, there's been a lot of greed and a lot of skinny deals have been done and a lot of deals have been done with bridge debt. And we can talk, we can drill down on any of that. Why I think, why I think there's going to be a reckoning with some of that stuff, because I really believe there is. And so, you know, again, I've got 1200 students around the country. My students now own somewhere upwards of 90 to a hundred thousand doors that I know of. I've been teaching five years. My podcast just broke 14 million downloads. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Thank you. If you're interested in multifamily, come listen to my podcast. It's called Lifetime Cashflow Through Real Estate Investing. And I love it. And I do clips every week on there about mindset, a five minute clip. You give me five minutes a week. I will juice you. I promise they're called own your power. So there's hundreds of them there. And so that's my love is, is talking about mindset and psychology, but my students are killing it. We're doing great. Personally, we've got a beautiful asset under contract in Nashville right now. And so it's not just to do as I say, not as I do kind of a thing. We're, we're actively. That's we're actively a great buying. compliment to your yeah. message. Your message is did it, lost it, did it again. Yeah teach it a lot and still do it. Yeah. I was going to summarize you. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, I built 27 businesses. I don't call them failures at 50 million. That was a seminar. That was an expensive (laughs) freaking seminar. But you know, I built 27 businesses, several worth tens of millions of dollars. Most are spectacular flaming seminars. Okay. But you know, we fail our way to success, right, Josh? I mean, I got to meet the billionaire owner of Spanx, Sarah Blakely, you know, the women's undergarments. Oh, she's cool. And a cool woman started with $5,000 and now she's, she was in Forbes. She's net worth worth over a billion, but she told me that her dad used to ask her and her brother once a week, what have we, what have you failed at this week? And I thought, what an awesome freaking question to ask your kids so they don't fear failure, you know? So That's if you're listening, if, you, if you're listening and you're afraid of failure, I'm going to tell you fear being in the same place you are right now, a year from now, unless you absolutely freaking love where you are right now. So that's what I would, that's my advice to you. Well, no, I mean, this is impressive to get a chance to, first of all, you are a great motivational speaker as well, which is cool. Thank you. So let's talk about the facts. Yeah. All right. We're in the end of the year here, almost quarter four of 2022. And we've been through five consecutive interest rate increases. Okay. Five consecutive. Powell has said that another 125 basis points is on the table for this Mm. year. It's another 1.25%. Interest rates are now well above 6%. We got debt at 3% a year ago. You know, it's the highest since the Freddie Mac's the highest since the 2008 recession. And new home sales are drying up and falling off a planet. You know, and I will tell you, people like billionaire co-founder of Carlisle Group, David Rubenstein, says it's going to be very difficult for the Fed to reduce inflation with the interest rates. And I believe it. I believe the same thing. It's because the inflation is because they threw so much money at this. They printed right. money like it was free. And, right. uh, you know, and, and right. that's, that's, that, that, that's the problem is there's too much cash out there. And so I think we're definitely going to be in stagflation for a while. And, you know, the Dow is below 30,000, which is pretty significant as well, which is the, really the worst <laughs> level investor sentiments, the worst since 2008 as well. So let's anyway. talk about a few things. This idea that uh, David Rubenstein said the Fed, it's going to be difficult to reduce interest rates. Now, correct. you and I have been watching the regular news, and it says if they int- raise the interest rates, it'll bring inflation down. That's been the argument. Right. You just said you and other smart people 
are not sure that's accurate. That's why, correct. why, why teach us for a moment? Well, because there's so much liquidity in the marketplace. People have money to spend. They're spending money. But I will tell you, I don't profess to be an economist. I'm wrong all the time. I actually thought, <laughs> I thought COVID was going to be the bellwether for this, for this crash. And, and, and it wasn't. And I mean, sure, a lot of businesses suffered. A lot of, you know, hospitality got killed. A lot of hotels, restaurants, and shops went out of business. But, you know, the multifamily did just fine. You know, yeah. uh, other asset classes didn't get help. We got help. I got hundreds of thousands of dollars in rent relief money that our tenants were able to pay their rent with. But there are so many factors that are happening right now. You know, according to another economist, Kevin Hassett, families have are losing $460 a month right now. And this is another economist predicting that home prices are going to drop by 30%. What do you think about that? I'm convinced of that one, because if you take a look at the interest rate a year ago at a, at a you know, and, and you take a particular price on a house, you look at what the payment is, and then you look at today's interest rate and what the payment would be on the same price house. You're going to have to drop the price 30% yeah. to match it. Right. And, and do you know, by the way, this is, this is, this one will blow your mind. And, and listen, I'm not trying to scare anybody listening or watching with crisis comes opportunity. There's everything's going on sale. There's going to be incredible opportunity. Okay. But here's, here's a, here's something that'll scare you. There are 20 million families in the United States right now that are behind in the utility bills. 20 million families. That is surprising. Wow. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was a month ago. That was on, on the news. You know, I think when things are going to get ugly is right after the midterms. You know, there's a big political influence on major media. And I think after the midterms, it's going to be the gloves come off and it's going to seem really ugly. Okay. So to translate, you're saying if the, once the elections are done, they'll be a little more brutal in their assessments. Exactly. so So that you don't have to prop anybody up. Gotcha. Hi, this is Melanie McCallan. Josh and I are just so grateful for the many investors who have already joined us at Accountable Equity. Accountable Equity is so much more than a capital group. It's really a community of accredited investors that want to learn and grow together. I just want to personally invite you, if you want to find out more about this type of investment and see if it's right for you and your family, please visit us at accountableequity.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Melanie McCallan. Josh and I are just so grateful for the many investors who have already joined us at Accountable Equity. Accountable Equity is so much more than a capital group. It's really a community of accredited investors that want to learn and grow together. I just want to personally invite you, if you want to find out more about this type of investment and see if it's right for you and your family, please visit us at accountableequity.com. Hey, it's Hal Elrod, author of The Miracle Morning, and you're listening to Capital Hacking. Enjoy. So you've done a good job of explaining why you should be bearish and defensive going into 23, which is exactly you know, the right and maybe the most common prudent advice I'm hearing, which is great. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about skinny deals in multifamily. Sure. You shared that a minute ago. It's a yeah. great expression. Why well, did you call... And what did that look like last year? Yeah, well, you know Warren Buffett's famous quote, be fearful when others are greedy. Yeah. And a lot of greed the last couple of years. And he says, be greedy when others are fearful. I'm going to tell you the fear is coming. I promise you. Okay, it's coming. It's going to, they're going to make that you think the world is falling apart. They already do. I mean, don't get me started on the freaking 
crap they put on the news. So, you know, there are a lot of operators that got into the business that were doing anything they can to take deals down and including using bridge debt because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac dropped their loan to values because they know they see the writing on the wall. These they've been around forever. They know what's going on. In fact, we're close. I, t- I told you we've got a Nashville deal under contract right now. We're raising money for 19 million for a 33 million dollar deal because we're getting raised. Right. Because we're getting 60 percent loan to value debt. OK, 10 year fixed rate, low interest rate debt. But we had to go 60 percent to have it make sense and that to give us a comfort level. And, you know, I will tell you that a lot of operators use bridge debt these last couple of years to take deals down because the higher the loan, the better the returns look for the investor. Right. The less you the less you have to raise, the better returns you're going to show. I mean, we're still showing upwards of 10 percent cash on cash, 16 to 19 percent IRR and 20 to 22 AAR on this deal, which is astounding based on the 60 percent loan to value debt. But the point is, a lot of people were doing 80 percent loan to cost debt with bridge loans, you know, 75 percent loan to cost or loan to buy. And, and bridge debt is very onerous debt. It's short term to start with. OK, it's typically three years. You might get three one one, like three with two one year extensions, but it's adjustable rate debt. And in the most recent past, they made you buy a rate cap for like a two percent rate cap. Mm-hmm. And they were very expensive. But let me tell you something. And, and you know this, Josh, you know, if you get a two percent interest rate increase on your debt and you're in the multi-million dollar asset, that is a big deal. Okay. <laughs> that alone is a big deal. But, but some of these guys didn't even get rate locks. So, so they're really in trouble, but here's the other th- problem. A lot of these guys were super aggressive with their exit caps, meaning, you know, when you do a pro forma on an asset, <clears throat> you have to estimate oh, what, yeah. the, what the cap rate's going to be when you have a liquidation event, either you refinance or you sell. And a lot of these guys were super aggressive with their exit caps and and they're not going to be able to 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 refinance or sell because the value is not going to be there. Let me give you the definition of a bad day. A bad day is you've got a nice cash flowing asset. And in fact, let me back up and preframe this. If you look at a graph of interest rates in 2008 and 9 when the interest rates climbed because of the crash and you look at cap rates, it mirrors the interest rates. So cap rates are going up. There it's it's inevitable. And here's the definition of a bad day. You've got an asset that's cash flowing and the cap rate have gone up and you can't get the value you need to refinance because you got a high loan to value loan. That's a bad day. And, you know, a lot of this debt's going to come due, I think, in the thick of this. So as far as I'm concerned, that's opportunity for us. There's going to be there's going to be deals. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, the reframe. I love I love the way you teach. It's good. It's really good. So to go back a couple of years ago when you and I were seeing deals from the normal syndicator, we may not have been, you would have known this, but an average listener watching this may not recognize why the IRRs were so high. Uh You're saying it was because they were very little equity to debt. So it was low debt, no, the high very, debt, yes, low yes. equity. Low equity, correct. Because that, because you're able to, to increase the returns. You're able to increase the returns look better, the less equity you put in a deal, but it's much more dangerous. And a lot of these guys, I was looking at offering memorandums from some of these operators, and there's no cash reserves at all. No operating reserves. We, I mean, we do a minimum of six months expenses, operating reserves that we don't touch. That's just in case the you-know-what hits the you-know-what. And so, you know, a lot of these operators didn't do that. A lot of mm-hmm. these operators never been through a downturn where asset mm-hmm. manage, asset management is critical. And 
you know, if they're not really on top of their KPIs on their weekly KPIs as it relates to managing that asset, that's going to be a problem as well. And so, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in my space. I'm excited about it. There are deals now, like I said, we're closing on our Nashville deal. If you're an, an accredited investor, you know, text the word partner to seven, two, three, four, five. If you want to check that out, there's still some slots left. Uh, I'm sure there will be in a couple of weeks. I had to leave town, uh, leave the country for almost a month. And so I'm a little behind on the raise, but if you text partner to seven, two, three, four, five, it's a screaming deal. So please check it out. I well mean, again, I know I'm bearish. I know I'm bearish. And, <laughs> well, you know, let's throw a couple of uh, arguments that I've heard a hundred times that sure. I, that have premises and truth. Sure. So what do you believe about the shortage of residential units and or there is absolutely use. a shortage of housing. No question. But people have to survive. And I'm going to tell you, I think the A and B class assets are going to definitely do better in what's coming, because I'm going to tell you, when you take five hundred dollars out of somebody's income because of inflation and gas, which is what this guy estimated. And I don't even know if that's even enough, honestly. But you take that out, that kills some families. And like I said, 20 million families behind in their utility bills. There was a, an article about three weeks ago in Forbes. They surveyed a bunch of companies and 51% of the U.S. companies are expecting layoffs. 51%. Okay. And some of them have already started. A lot of them have been, you know, buried in the news that you're not even seeing. But that's all, in my opinion, going to come to light. And some big players, big, smarter than me, have said it's going to be a much bigger crash than people. Elon Musk says they're lying. It's going to be a bigger crash. That's a quote. Okay. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump, love him or have, hate him, says he warns the U.S. economy could reach the levels of the Great Depression. Now, that's even, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's been saying this, the author Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's going to be a big one. So, you know, I think that another debate. Yeah. No, so okay. you think it is going to be big and yeah. uh, that those are things you see on TV. I definitely have heard those. Right. What about the other debate against house values dropping, which is replacement cost? Well, I promise and house values are going to drop. I bet anybody any amount of money on that one. OK, that one I'm certain of. Am I certain it's going to be a depression? No, I think it's going to be for sure. We're already in a recession technically. But but, you know, is it going to be a depression? I don't know. But I think it's going to be ugly. But I'm convinced housing is going to drop. It has to. People can't afford it. So they're going to have to adjust the price because of the interest rates. Now, if the interest rates come back down next year, which a lot of operators are saying is going to happen, then, you know, maybe maybe, you know, they'll recover quickly. But I think it's more about the fact that there's going to be a lot of layoffs, that companies are going to tighten up, people are going to stop spending, and it's just going to snowball. They're saying it could, it's going to be global, too. It's not just going to be the United States. China's in deep, deep stuff right now. You see stories about their, you know, people not able to take money out of the banks and these big real estate companies that were building buildings. They're even tearing them down that they, you know, basically is almost like a Ponzi scheme. So, you know, there's a lot of unrest economically right now. They're taught, you know, Russia shutting off the tap for, for energy. I, I was just, I was just in Europe and, 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 and I was talking to the taxi drivers. We were in Denmark, Sweden, Norway, and Ireland. And they're all like, yeah, our, our, our energy costs have doubled, you know, for our, and, and some people can't, you know, they can't afford that stuff, no. man. So, but anyway, so, yeah, let's talk about, the well, how about let's talk about the opportunity. Thank you. Let's, let's talk go, about let's the go, opportunity. Let's, let's so, flip sides. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about the opportunity. Let's yeah. even use a current deal that you have. You have a Tennessee deal. Yeah. 
Where did you comp set it? Did you compare it to two years ago? Oh, God, no, no. Uh, underwriting no. or what are you very, predicting? Very, very conservative. Very conservative. Okay, you know, I lost $50 million. Hit me once, shame on you. Hit me twice, it's Rod's fault, okay? So I'm very conservative. And we, you know, stress test a deal like crazy, okay? And so, you know, we look at our break-even occupancy. We're very conservative on the exit cap rate for when we want to have a liquidation event. And a lot of guys will bump up their cash on cash returns by having a refinance in year three or four. And we're, you know, we didn't even have to factor that in in our calculations. That would just bump the return if we did. We're already upwards of 10% cash on cash without it. But here's the thing. This particular asset is almost all three bedroom units and the remaining two bedrooms can be converted to three bedrooms with very little work. They're, they're, they're the right size already. And so, you know, that's really desirable for this particular area. The demographic has families, they have kids. It's a beautiful asset built in the 90s. It's 145 doors, really gorgeous looking property. There's an opportunity to put a bunch of more garages in. There's a waiting list for garages. There's some garages there and there's room to put more in. We're going to do that. And the market rent for these three bedrooms is about $2,500 a month. They're right now at under $2,000 a month. So, you know, there's a huge bump that we can have there. And like I say, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a great deal. I, I'm going to tell you, in the last year, I've only bought one other deal. Okay, I bought a San Antonio asset, 296 doors in September a year ago. But I've, you know, we've been seeing what's been going on. And I've just, my conservative underwriting, not, nothing met our underwriting. And so we're very excited that we've got this, this other deal now that penciled out. You know, people are like, should I wait to buy? I'm like, no, I'm buying right now. Now we kissed a lot of frogs to find that deal, but now's a great time to learn the business as well. Okay. If, you know, if you're going to capitalize on what's coming, you need to be up to speed. If it's going to be multifamily, for God's sakes, come to one of my boot camps. But if it's single family, go learn that. If you're going to buy businesses, go learn that. You're going to invest or trade in the stock market, go learn that. But don't wait, get up to speed right now. Other thing, conserve cash. Don't spend a lot of money right now on, you know, conserve your cash because cash is king in a downturn. I'm in a lot of cash right now, you know, so I can capitalize on it. But even if you don't have a lot of cash, the ability to raise cash is also really important. So at my boot camp, I teach, you know, strategies for, you know, keeping the fear down with your investors so that they recognize that opportunity is coming. And if, you know, if they pounce on it anyway, I kind of, yeah, no, I, no, I, be, I believe that. So back to debt with your, were you able to get agency debt? Yeah, agency, Freddie, Freddie Mac, because 60, you have a low 60%. Yep, 60% loan to value. Now I had to go, you know, 5%, but that's still the deal. Is, it looks fantastic at 5% even. So, so I hate it because we're at 3.2 on the one we bought a year ago. But, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I remember, listen, I've been around this a long time. I remember when I did backflips, when the interest rate dropped to 7%. Okay, this is when I first started in the business, you know, 40 years ago. And, and rates were 18% when I got in the business. And so we were like, holy shit, we can get 7%. This is incredible, awesome. you know, but the, so it's, it, you know, that's what we're seeing. We're already at six. So, you know, it, it could go up, who knows, it could go upwards of 10, you know, if that's the only mechanism that they're able to utilize. Now they are going to start, oh, I forgot what they call it, where they start pulling money out. They stop buying the bonds and they actually become net sellers instead of net buyers of uh, treasuries, yes. which the whole thing is just from one pocket to the other. It's all a bunch of paper moving back and forth. It's but, very surprising how it all really works. And it's yeah. probably above all our heads, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that whole idea of quantity, they call that quantitative. That's it, that's it quantitative easing. And it's, they're going to reflect that and it's going to be, forgot what the reverse of it is. Do you know what it's called? Tightening maybe? Tightening, quantity. it is. Tightening. tightening, that's exactly right. Tightening, and, yeah. And the, the idea being that, so they're, they're the, the biggest thing 
you said it, Carlisle said it, the Fed yeah. lowering the rates is not enough. Yeah. Really, what they're going to maybe do is act intentionally or unintentionally start a recession that's deeper, right? Now, there's something to the fact that, what do you think about the fact that if they were to intentionally have recession, does that mean well, that it's shorter or longer? I think a lot of smart money thinks that there needs to be a reset with this. There really does. There's so much debt. The debt is insane in this country. I mean, they had to print more money this month to pay the interest on the debt. OK, and then you've got we won't get started on the political go down that political rabbit hole. But paying off almost a trillion dollars in student debt. Come on. You're printing another trillion freaking dollars when we've got rampant inflation to try to get some votes. I mean, good Lord. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, but let me make that a linear thing. You're saying that if you pay off a student debt, you need to actually sell bonds and create cash well, somehow. That, that money's money. coming out of thin you air. Yeah, who's yeah. No, they haven't said who's paying for it. I can tell you who's going to pay for it. We are. You know, my daughter who worked our butt off, her butt off so she didn't have student loan debt is going to be paying for somebody who didn't. And, you know, uh, that didn't that doesn't sit well. And and no. and of course, all that liquidity again is creates more inflation, which is what they say. You know, they say it's not. It's not so, and then you you worry that the yeah the liquidity they're going to have to take money out of the system yeah. somehow. So that tightening, yeah, it's awesome to get to know you a little bit better every time. Oh, um, thank, thanks, buddy. Listen, want, uh, if I could just say something real quick, tell us, um, tell us. Yeah, no, just if you are interested in learning my business, the multifamily business. Text my name Rod to seven two three four five because I do a boot camp every quarter there. I don't sell anything there, and you can come for a hundred bucks. If if the price has gone up, like right now, it's I think it's upwards of four hundred. Just DM me on any social channel. I'll get you that ninety seven dollar price. Just let me know you heard me on this podcast. I'll get you that ninety seven dollar price. You know, I just wanted to mention that. I appreciate that. And that's and like awesome, I, Rod. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you, brother. We appreciate that. And so in your boot camp, just to teach me real quick, you're going to go through underwriting and what else every every part of the business. Find uh, you know. Picking a market, evaluating a market, finding deals, evaluating the deals, doing the due diligence on the deals, underwriting the deals, financing them, raising all the money you need for them, syndication, joint ventures, property management. You, I mean, everything, soup to nuts. It's drinking through a fire hose. For um, how many you know, days? Two days, two full days. And, and I don't keep, sell anything. It's me who, the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> the every, whole time. every component yeah, is yourself. Except, except the syndication and the finance piece. I bring I bring a, a loan broker in to do the finance. I could teach both, but I bring them in just to change it up. So Smart. I bring a loan broker in. I bring in a SEC attorney in to do the syndication. Is that Sarasota? Where do you all, where do you I live in I live in Sarasota. This is this is actually in my compound where I live. We built a video studio here when COVID hit and we had to go virtual. But uh, yeah, I just, I do live events once in a while. I had 850 people in denver a couple of months ago but the next couple of will be virtual so you can do them at home oh the boot camp is virtual oh yeah yeah it's at home yeah oh. you do it at home yeah oh, it's okay. live you can ask questions and everything but it's virtual i do it right here in the studio yeah you you're an impressive dude uh Thank keep you, up brother. the good work we'll stay in touch and we'll follow along thanks my friend take care man